Hey Raymond, how's it going? Let me just take a sip of this lean I got over here in this bottle. Looks like water to me. Yeah, well, you know, we all can't be sipping on purple. R.I.P. Juice World. Rip. Would have turned 24 in December, I want to say. He died a week after his 21st birthday. If you're how young he was. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, his last Instagram post was the party never stops. Well, apparently the party does stop at some point. Yeah, it did stop. And then I became a fan. Yeah. yeah. Remember when I told you the first time I started listening to Trippy Red and Juice World, and you were basically like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Uh, that's basically like, exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the show. I uh, got a lot to talk about this week, so we're gonna start off with the fat fucks. McDonald's C- uh, CEO right now is trying to fix this tailspin that they're in for their food that's costing way too much. I don't know if you've been to McDonald's lately. Actually, any fast food. Uh, I, I was uh, craving one of their crispy chicken sandwiches. They're knockoff of uh, Chick-fil-A, yeah. and I went there last week, and it was fucking awful. Those used yeah. to be good, so I'll probably be avoiding McDonald's for the near future. I don't like to well, eat fast food anyway, so... Th- the prices are ridiculous. It used to be yeah. where you could go there and eat under $10. It's very, yep. very hard to the do that nowadays. two for three meal back... They had the two for three meal, yep, or whatever. Now it's like three items for two dollars, or three items for three dollars. I don't know. It's four for four menu. I don't know. They got I guess. I guess in California they have a new tax, and because of that, it added six. It, the, the the hash browns themselves in the morning are six dollars, and the Big Mac combos are eighteen dollars. <laughs> and the C, the C, yeah, the CEO is going out saying the promise they promised to return to the affordability that they were known for. Because of all this backlash, I mean, yeah, it used to be where you could go to McDonald's and if you had kids, you could go there and eat, just feed your kids. Unfortunately, yep. that was the way that it was advertised for us back in the day, but um, we'll get back to McDonald's in a minute. And also, a new orange dreamsicle Frosty coming out on March 13th nationwide at Wendy's. Um, I do love orange. I love dream, uh, dreamsicles, popsicles. Yes. So I think I might have you ever like uh, done a milkshake with just orange soda and vanilla ice cream? I've done. Orange soda? I've done orange. I've done orange soda floats instead of root beer floats, and those are good. Those are good too. Yeah. But yeah, I usually when we had orange soda at the restaurant, we no longer have it, which is good because that's the only soda I would like is to be a Pepsi, and I fucking can't stand Pepsi. Yeah. Um, I used to always make myself. Uh, Frap with uh, orange soda instead of milk, and they're fucking amazing. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I would like that. 
Um, since we talked about McDonald's, we're going to play a quick game. I want to see what you know about the McDonald's Land characters from back in the day. I'm going to give you names, or in some cases, descriptions of the character, and you're going to tell me what product they were promoting for McDonald's in their advertisement. Oh, Jesus so for Christ. I'm going to start with an easy one that we already kind of know. Um, let's start off with Grimace. Do you remember what Grimace was advertised for? What I feel like was. it would have to be milkshakes. It was a milkshake. You're right okay. about that. So ding, I, ding, I think ding. I remember the old toys. He had a milkshake in his hand back in the yep. day. Now we're not going to we're not going to talk about Ronald McDonald or the Hamburglar because they're really not any foods that they were associated with. But the they Hamburglar were the main... isn't associated with hamburgers. No, no, there actually are other characters associated with hamburgers. But uh. um, in the 70s and 80s, there were these kids. There were little there usually kids, is in decades, and they advertise a popular McDonald's item. Now I'm not going to tell you their first name, but there were a lot of them. Who were these kids, and what product did they advertise at McDonald's? And there were probably a dozen of them, maybe more. Jesus Christ! In a package. Am I supposed to answer now? Because I have yes. no idea. You don't know. You don't remember the Fry Kids? You don't remember the Fry Package nope. with all the kids that were that had faces on them? Yeah, that was a thing. That nope. was in advertisements back in the day. Um, next one. A character that was shaped like a bird? Her name was Birdie. What product or line did she advertise in the 80s and 70s? Chicken Nuggets? Close, because she is a bird, but no. She advertised the early bird, the beginning of the breakfast menu at McDonald's. Ah, uh, yes. And speaking of little little kids, there also were buddies. Now, I'm not going to give you their first name, but they were kind of in the same realm. They were a fried food, and there was a bunch of them, and they all had faces on them, but they were the blank buddies. Do you remember what those were? No idea. The McNugget the buddies. Oh, the oh, yeah, you were close. Okay. You were close. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I got I got all the ones, the weird ones, out of the way first. Do you know who the mayor was and what he advertised? The mayor was a very popular character. He was also in the play the play place. He was in the, in the playground outside. I have no idea. You don't know who the mayor was. Have you ever heard of no. Mayor? You ever heard of Mayor McCheese? Oh, that's from McDonald's. Yes, McCheese. Huh? Mayor McCheese. McDonald's. He advertised the cheeseburgers, of course. Um, Uncle O'Grimacy. Do you know what he advertised? Nope. Uncle Uncle O'Grimacy. Oh, so probably shakes. <laughs> what kind Shamrock of shake? shake? Yes, Shamrock exactly. Shake. Wow, Kevin. Uh, okay, there was an officer. Do you remember the officer? He was shaped like a food at McDonald's. 
He had an officer hat on. He was round. He was actually in the play place. He was one, he was the one that was in like the bars. He had right, bars. I remember that. Officer no Big Mac. Ah, let me guess, Big Macs. Yes, yes, it was Officer Big Mac. Uh, two more, uh, Mac tonight. You can pretty much guess what he promoted back in the late eighties, early nineties. Mac tonight. Mac tonight. He was shaped the like a moon. Menu? Yep. He was shaped like a moon, and he was a singing, crooning uh, McDonald's mascot. And the last one, Captain Crook. This was in the 70s and 80s, and he promoted a new item on the menu at McDonald's. Um, Captain Crook, based off of Captain Hook from uh, Peter Pan. So he was a pirate, obviously. The fish the fish yep. sandwich? Yep, fish filet. You got one right, Kevin. That's all I have, but I wanted to talk about that. I was, I was listening to something about um, McDonald's characters this week. I wanted to see what you knew, and you didn't know much. Do you don't remember many of the commercials growing up? I know, and I rarely ate at McDonald's. I did a lot when I was a kid, obviously. But it was... it was. Um, we the usually... commercials were on everything. When we were younger, they were on every kid's show that we used to watch. Every cartoon, every afternoon on Fox, when we used to watch X-Men and Spider-Man and all uh. that shit. So... Well... That went nowhere, so I'm glad we did that game. <laughs> Let's do a quick Teach Ray Sports because we got a big game coming up this Sunday. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. We need a theme for Teach Ray Sports. I couldn't think of anything that would be original. I stole this instrumental from the Gary Shanley Show. This is the theme to Teach Ray Sports. This is the theme to teach Ray sports. Now we get the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, which we're not supposed to say for legal reasons, but fuck it. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the Taylor Swift effect that's happened in football since this whole things with the Chiefs happened. The Chiefs happened with her, her and uh, Travis Kelsey, and her being in the stands during the Super Bowl. I know you've been in the middle of it because you watch you watch football. Um. We're going to talk about it a little bit. I was listening to New Heights, the uh, Travis and Jason podcast this week, and I heard that they hit 2 million subscribers, which is huge on YouTube. Because that means they start actually to make money when they get above a million. So they've made 2 million, so they're making money on that podcast. Um, just just for the record, I think it's number one on iTunes as well. So the Swifties are in full force advertising and what and listening and promoting and voting for that to be the best podcast in the world right now. Um, she has generated the equivalent brand value of $331 million for the Kansas City Chiefs alone. Um, comes from print, digital, radio, TV highlights, social media mentions of, of Taylor Swift um, going back to way back in September. So, I mean, if you were to bring in a, if you were to bring in a firm that goes in and does all of that advertising stuff, you'd be paying about the equivalent of $330 million for that type of advertising. Um, her association with the NFL has uh, b boosted the whole entire NFL brand up to $122 million in just a few months that she's been involved. Even though she's not really involved, she's just dating one of the players. But um, Female viewership is up 53% um, between uh, tw uh, 12 and 17, the Swift age. 34% uh, over uh, 35 and 24% in 18 to 24, which is the, uh, the big demo. Um, 
Kansas City Chiefs game versus the Buffalo Bills a few weeks ago set the record for the most watched uh, divisional playoff game in history. Um, more than 50 million viewers tuned in. Uh, the previous week, Peacock made history, uh, drawing 23 million ratings just for the uh, and, and a million new subscribers just for that week alone. Speaking of that, I believe Paramount Plus. I was going to talk. Yeah, Paramount Plus is streaming the Super Bowl this week for free if you have that. Um, yeah, and. I don't know if you. I, don't, I didn't see it in the notes, but uh, Amazon cut a deal, or is possibly close to a deal, to broadcast the playoffs next year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah, just it's, it's a change. Yeah. This afternoon, no, I don't know if it's yeah. true or not, but yeah, network is <laughs> network is changing. It's all going to streaming, yep. which makes sense. Nobody has cable. Um, Travis Kelsey's jersey shot up nearly four hundred percent since the first time she showed her face on screen. Um, his own sky, his own value skyrocketed, according to uh, Yahoo. Um, with endorsements from McDonald's, Nike, Bud Light, and State Farm, his net worth stands at about $40 million, uh, $10 million gain from uh, last no- last October. Um, and, and Taylor, of course, is over over a billion dollar in value just for her yep. herself alone. So, I mean, this is bringing a lot of money not only to the NFL, um, it's bringing a lot of money to uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey in advertising for the and their podcast is making a ton of money. So... This has changed a lot for football, and it's it's unprecedented, really, if you think about it. Um, and I know you've watched her at the games. I know it can be, I know it can be um, distracting because they show her in the stands quite a bit when she's there, um, promoting or not promoting, but there for Tra- uh, Jace, uh, Travis as he's playing and and cheering him on. And I know it's it can not be just her. It's uh, Mahomes' wife is super annoying, and his little brother's a little fucktard, and they're always yeah. all in the same booth. It's not just I, her. I hear her brother is annoying, so I'm not surprised by that. But, um, so yeah, that's it. That's all I want to talk about. So the big, big games this week. What's your thoughts on the uh, the game going in? Who do you think is going to be on the top? Uh, 49ers have a better team. They should win, but the NFL probably won't let that happen. So, so we'll what, see. So what you're saying there is there may be some collusion here, is what you're saying, Kevin? Yeah, I even said that when the Patriots were winning. Yeah. Obviously, whoever's on top is, or whoever brings in the most brand value to the NFL is who they're going to want to see yeah, winning all the time. And with the combination of the Chiefs just being really fucking good, and well, mostly Patrick Mahomes, um, and Taylor Swift, um, yeah, we'll see. I haven't asked you about this. I probably should have asked you before. But have you looked at any of the prop bets for? I know you can vote. I know you can do that in Maine now. Yes, I was actually going to bring that uh, up. Um, you can vote. You can uh, bet on which song Usher is going to do first okay. at the halftime. Um, I'm sure there's some. There probably is some fucking bets about how many times Taylor is going to be shown on screen. One yes. bet actually I saw. I don't know how real this is or not, or if it's a real thing, but one of them was Chiefs win. Plus, Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift. I did. I did hear about that one. It was like a ten dollar bet will get you like two million dollars. <laughs> I, I also, I also heard about, I also heard about the bet of will she touch the Heisman if they win? Will she actually touch the trophy? If you mean the, the the Lombardi Trophy? Not the Lombardi. Lombardi, yeah, the Lombardi, <laughs> yes. yeah. I, I yep. see. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. Lombardi, will she touch the trophy if they win? Will she put her hand on it? Yep, I've um, seen that. Um, yeah. What are the other ones? I did place a small bet. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, just threw down like ten bucks on one of the things to happen. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll probably text you if it happens or not. But okay. let's just say I really want Travis Kelsey to have a good first drive. Okay. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not huge into gambling. Like I said, I've yet to put down more than $10 on any singular bet. And for the most part, I try to stay away from the NFL and NBA because the only thing I can fucking win is UFC. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you ever put money on the WWF? And it is a fake sport, but they do do bets on it. Would you do something like that for WrestleMania? No. Because it's so volatile? It can... They can they can fucking change what they want to do 10 minutes before the match happens. <laughs> exactly. Um, so... But it's a thing. People do... People do... Yeah, uh, I know. Bet, bid on it and bet on it, so... Um, yep. We'll talk about it a little bit now before we get into what we watched, but... They're doing the right thing at WWE right now with uh, The Rock yeah. turning heel and joining forces yep. with Roman Reigns. And I'm guessing he's probably going to turn face that night, potentially. I'm guessing so. He's setting up a Mania match for next year with, with Roman. With Reigns. That's what I'm yeah. Because Reigns is supposed to take time off, I think, soon. Yep. Yep. So I could see him, which is why I thought the original idea of what should have happened is he should have been like the special enforcer siding with Reigns the entire mm-hmm. time. Um, similar to Tyson in 98. Uh, that's exactly that's exactly what I was going to so, say. This feels like Tyson in 98. The exact yeah. setup and everything was Tyson I in mean, 98. They, they definitely rushed into the Rock thing and then got a lot yeah. of blowback because of it, because of all the Vince McMahon stuff. They needed some good PR. It got very um, viral on, on, on yeah. social media where everybody was saying, we oh, want yeah. co- hashtag we want Cody. Yeah, and everybody somebody, was booing um, the Rock out of the arenas because yes. of it. Someday I talk to him on a daily basis because he does. He's basically a comic book and wrestling fan on Twitter. Um, we talk all the time, whatever. Um, and uh, he's went to Raw last Monday and was like, told me he's like, if if The Rock comes out, he's like, we're going to boo the fucking shit out of him. And they did. And, not, yep. and they had a uh, they had a press conference in Las Vegas yesterday as we record. And yes, he was booed out of the building from the very beginning, and that's the whole yep. reason why they did a pivot. Because he was supposed to go in as the good guy fa- facing Roman Reigns, and it just the fans were not having it. Yeah, uh, they wanted I mean, the Cody. Fans, the same thing happened at uh, WrestleMania 18, was it? When he fought Hogan 19? Was Nin- it 18? Uh, uh, I think it was 18. Yeah, The Rock. Whenever he fought, Hogan. it was it was Hogan was the heel going in. The Rock was the face. But then as soon as the match it started, switched. people started cheering for Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, pretty awesome. And WrestleMania, a lot of people were kind of in the beginning were. Uh, per- Comparing it to WrestleMania Nine, I believe it was Hogan came in to face Yokozuna and Bret Hart. Oh my God, that was yeah. It, a lot of people were kind rough. of uh, uh, yeah comparing yeah. it to that. So yeah, it's an yep. uh, interesting time. We'll talk about that in in, uh, in a couple months. But um, yeah, they're they're heavily promoting it. It's the new uh, non McMahon era of WWE, so yep. it's a little bit different. Um, it's the TKO era, so uh, we'll talk about that later. So let's talk about what we watched this week. Curb Your Enthusiasm back for a premiere episode. A fantastic premiere episode. He, uh, usually, I loved it. I did too. It was I, great. They, I couldn't believe some people were bitching about it online. I, really? I had a good time. But granted, I mean, it, when you get a season every two years or so, um, you know, you get that lull. And uh, it just makes you, like, anticipate it. I feel like this season's going to be a lot like most of the seasons that came later. Yeah. Where the first... Eight seasons are all super rewatchable, and this and every season since then has been good and funny. But I've never had the urge to go back and rewatch any one of those seasons after season eight. I believe that was the Michael J. Fox season. Yeah. Um, or it was the Seinfeld season. I think it was the Michael J. Fox season. I think Seinfeld was season seven. But um, yeah, I've never really felt the need to go back to watch nine, ten, or eleven. 
But uh, I really did enjoy this. Lots of uh, cameos. I feel like that the entire series is going to be the whole kind season's... of an ode to the previous. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm guessing. Whole, an ode be... to the yeah. previous. I, I would fucking love it if they got Bob Odenkirk back. He was yeah. in uh, like the second or third episode. I feel like it was in the first season, anyways. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a love letter to the show the whole rest yeah. of this season, um, bringing characters yep. back that we haven't seen for a while. Um, I know Jerry Jerry Seinfeld was talking at one point about there maybe being a Seinfeld reunion. I'm wondering if it'll be yes. on this show because that that was a big that was a big part of this show. They I'm, I'm technically already did that on this show. Not but, not a reunion um, in, in the sense, but bringing maybe all the characters back one last oh, time yeah. together on hope, one scene. I hope George um, comes back because he was a big part in the early parts of the he show, was. and then of course yeah. during Elaine. the Seinfeld season, yeah. Elaine was also big in the early parts. Jerry never wanted anything to do with it until they came up with the idea of doing the reunion show. Yep. Um, so we'll talk about a few of the uh, things we want to talk about in this episode. There was an awesome epic ending we'll talk about in a minute, but Auntie Ray coming back mm-hmm. since uh, the whole Meet the Black season when Leon's family comes in from Katrina or the hurricane. I'm not sure it wasn't it wasn't called Katrina in the show, was it? It was another hurricane or was it actually Katrina? I can't remember. It was um no, they didn't call it Katrina. It was what just a hurricane. Call- they might have just said the hurricane. Yep. But it, when they adopted the family of the Blacks, uh, uh, Auntie Ray was the aunt, was uh, Leon's aunt that lived with with um, with Larry, and Larry did a whole bunch of fucked up shit around her. You poking me in your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great. But she came back in this episode. She lives in Atlanta now. Larry and uh, Leon go to Atlanta, and uh, a whole bunch of hilarity ensues because of that. Um... So yeah, what do you want to talk about with this episode, Larry? This whole episode is about Larry and his glasses. Um. <laughs> the the dog, the dogs. Yeah. Yes. When Leon's hilarious. calling the dog fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest lines ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's just a good episode. Um, but yeah, the guy from South Africa who claims yeah. he's from Africa, but he was a white guy from South Africa. South Africa is in Africa. <laughs> who is um in all those movies? He was in um. He was in the A team. Who was he? Um, he was in A team. He played um, Murdoch. He was also in. Uh, okay, that's probably in, where uh, I see him from. District Nine. He played the main character in District Nine. Okay, way way back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. He is a South African actor. Uh, yep. Yeah. So Larry's glasses played a big part in this episode. Um, the auntie takes the glasses, puts them on her face, stretches them out, and Larry can't get him to stay on his face. So he ends up <laughs> borrowing a pair of her glasses, and they're the weirdest. <laughs> There, there's they're like old lady over. glasses. They're all yeah. old lady glasses, but there's memes all over the internet with them. Um, and he drops his he drops his glasses in the toilet after he adjusts them because they don't they don't stay on his face right. Whole bunch of hilarity ensues with that. Um, the whole South Africa is an Africa scene with him and the South African was hilarious. Um, yeah, this is all about him going to Georgia and the in the laws of voting down there. And also because of Georgia, when Larry gets arrested for going in line and handing out water to uh, Auntie Ray, the very, very last scene of the episode as the credits are rolling is a recreation of the Trump mugshot, but with Larry David in orange face. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's the best thing yep, that they, they could do for the first episode. They didn't go the orange enough, season. but besides that, it's great. Right, they didn't go yeah. orange enough. But, it, I mean... It looks hilarious. It's great. Yes. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see this every week. We got nine nine episodes left. Usually ten episodes a season. So, 
Um, if you want to watch this show, if you want to ever go back, it's on Max, the whole entire series, um, including episodes every Sunday at 9, I believe is when it airs, or 10. Is it 9 or 10? I think it's 9. 10. 10, okay. So it's on at 10 on Sunday nights if you want to watch oh, the new series. Yeah, yeah, 10. Yeah, because uh, 9 is uh, True Detective comes on at 9. Okay. okay. So. Um, two episodes of Halo Season 2 premiered this week. I watched the first one. Um, I was hoping that this season would start off like kind of like the beginning of the first game. That's kind of where the first season left off is is the beginning of the game, like I mentioned. Um, so far, I'm an episode and probably 10 minutes into the second one, and this is not the direction I thought this show would go in. However, the show is still pretty damn good. Um, visuals are good. Acting is good. Um, Leah Shriver's brother, which I can't remember his name, but he's the one who plays Master Chief, but he's great. Um, and he's, he's great in, as the, as Master Chief, um, all the characters, the other guy, I can't remember his name, but he's in a lot of stuff. He's a black guy. Um, and he, he plays the, his, um, he plays an old retired, um, master, not a master chief, but he used to work for the, um, the army and he's retired and he has, he still has the suit, the, uh, the armor and stuff, but he, he lives off on another asteroid planet or something but he's great in this too there's a lot of great actors a lot of great storylines um gonna gonna stick with it and hopefully i I know this season they are going to be showing halo the planet because they've been advertising it in the commercials um the first season didn't have halo at all and i know once they get on to halo there's a lot of fuckery that happens there and i hope that the show tackles with the with the with the um uh, i can't remember what that what that alien race is called um from the first game but um yeah the Covenant show. I like the way the Covenant look on this show. Everything about this show is really good. Um, yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. So if you want to watch Halo, it's on there. Um, I watched a documentary. Did you watch The Greatest Night in Pop that, uh, after I recommended it to you on Netflix? No, I oh. looked into it though. It looks pretty cool. It's amazing. Uh, great, great documentary talking about the night where everyone went and recorded "We Are the World" on the night of the American Music Awards in 1985. Um, this is on Netflix. It's a great documentary, about an hour and a half, um, and it was. We'll talk about a little bit of the history of this uh, song. Everybody, if you grew up in the '80s, you know the song, you know the video. They brought in a whole bunch of stars because everybody was at the American Music Awards that night, so and they were all at one place. So they decided to bring them together to record the song after the American Music Awards. So the award shows ended at 10 p.m. and they were there until 6 a.m. in the, the next morning recording this damn thing, and. It was a whole bunch of everybody that was nominated that night, almost everybody. We'll talk about who wasn't there in a minute. But um, Harry Belafonte, who did the Deo song, if you ever watched Beetlejuice, that song is uh, prominent in that movie. Um, it was Harry Belafonte's idea. He is a he was a civil rights uh, activist, kind of along the lines of um, Martin Luther King. He went he went along, alongside with him in a lot of his issues, um, and he wanted to bring famine in Africa to the forefront of the American public. And so they knew what was going on in Africa, and people were starving, and they had no food, and people were dying, and families were dying because they couldn't afford to feed their families. So they wanted to uh, bring relief to that, bring acknowledgement to the American public. So in order to do that, he wanted to get a whole bunch of artists together, big artists at the time. This is 1985. And so that made sense. The American Music Awards, everybody was going to be in L.A., so they brought him in. Um, this is forefronted by Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie, who was the main part of this, Quincy Jones, and the song was written by Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson, who had a huge part in this documentary. 
Um, this is Michael Jackson right after Thriller, like a year, within that whole year after Thriller came out where he was just winning awards, winning Grammys, winning American Music Awards, everything. Um, it took a week to build the song from 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 thought to to lyrics to the song to the to the actual arrangement um all done by lionel richie and michael jackson arranged by uh, quincy jones um they actually showed if you if we if you watch the thriller documentary that came out in, in december um it actually showed another clip of michael jackson because he didn't know how to compose music he didn't know how to he doesn't know anything about music or, or notes so when he when he wanted to make a when he wanted to make sounds he would mumble into a, into a recording device, and he would do like and he would do all the music layered on top of each other to the point where he had a song and he'd give it to the engineers to say hey, can you do this on a keyboard and or can you do this on the guitar can you make this sound and then that's how the records would happen with Quincy and the and the and the people that did those records for, like like Thriller for Michael um they showed that a little bit in this too when he was doing the arrangement for We Are the World um but they brought in a lot of a lot of big artists at the time 47 to be to be exact, in about of the 1984 1985 era, um, some names of note: uh, Paul Simon, Bruce Springsteen, Huey Lewis, who had a huge part in the song, Billy Joel, Cyndi Lauper, Diana Ross, Holland Oates, Steve Perry from Journey, Tina Turner, Smokey Robinson, um, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, Kenny Rogers, Kenny Loggins, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Lionel, Michael Jackson, and. The most awkward person in this whole entire video was Dan Aykroyd, and I believe it was because um, at the time, um, not only was Ghostbusters huge, but Blues, Brothers, Blues Brothers was huge as well in the early 80s. Um, so he had Grammys for that, and he was all part of this, and he wanted to be part of the relief for this as well. Um, Paul Simon was the smallest person in the whole entire group. He was standing at the lower level at one point, and he said, if a bomb falls on this place, John Denver is back on top. John Denver was not that popular at the time, and every popular artist at the time was in one room recording this. It's pretty epic. There's a lot of cool scenes of everybody just kind of having fun, kind of uh, not not in their celebrity element, which is really cool to see. Um, it was also a big group of celebrity egos, um, ever placed in the one confined room, um, all to make one record and try to do it in a quick, quick way within just one night. A monumental task in itself. Um... The one person they couldn't get, they wanted they wanted to have Prince. Prince was the big winner of the American Music Awards. And he said, I'll come in, but I want to do a guitar solo, and I only want to do it by myself. I don't want anybody else in the room. Well, that's not what they were doing. They were recording it in one room. They wanted to do it all in one night. So Prince decided not to come. Madonna didn't show up. And Van Halen were too busy on tour, so they couldn't show up. Those are the three big artists at the time that weren't part of this. Um... Stevie Wonder at one time wanted to sing Swahili, a translation into the song. Waylon Jennings, a country artist, decides to walk out saying, Well, ain't no good old boys ever sung Swahili, think I'm out of here. And they actually show that in the documentary, which is fantastic. Um, in a show of respect and gratitude towards Harry Belafonte, there was, I actually saw this scene about five years ago. Um, they're all in a group together, and they are, started singing Deo, an ep epic rendition, singing it towards him as a as a kind of a uh, gratitude and respect towards him for putting this together. Um, because Prince doesn't show up, Huey Lewis does his abandoned part. Um, if you ever heard "We Are the World," there is a there is a part of the song where Huey pretty much takes over the the lead vocals um, towards the end of the song. 
Um, Bob Dylan at the time was not Bob Dylan of the 60s. Bob Dylan has a very unique voice, had a very unique voice, and then it got graspier and graspier and and grasper at the end where he doesn't even sound like the Bob Dylan of the 80s now. He sounds just so fucking weird. But back in the 80s, um, Stevie Wonder had to mimic him and try to tell him what he needed to sound like in the song uh, so he remembered how he should be sounding on the record because he was not doing a great job uh, being a part of this ensemble. So Stevie Wonder went behind a piano and started singing ah, ah, and showed him how to sing. And yeah, Dylan had a part in the song. Um, they worked until 8 a.m. the next morning. Um, song debuted three months later, played simultane- simultaneously around the world on radio and television, sold one million copies in the first weekend of release, fastest selling U.S. single in history at the time. Um, currently, 20 million copies are sold, uh, ninth best selling single ever. Um, did its work for USA for Africa cause, making roughly $160 million for inflation. Um, another fantastic fly in the wall documentary. It reminded me a lot of the Beatles Get Back documentary that came out a couple years ago. Uh, behind the was scenes that the one was, on Disney? Yep. Uh, was behind the okay. scenes of a song and video we've always been familiar with, but from different perspectives. So it was great. Um, this is all on Netflix. Uh, if you want to see this, um, uh, hour and a half, like I said, it's a great documentary. Um, two more things I want to talk about. Black History Month. <clears throat> I probably should have skipped this movie. But I watched the whole <laughs> thing. Did. Kevin watched five minutes. <laughs> he said, nope. But I, yep. I went through with it. Um, I, I lasted longer during the Expendables four. Wow, Man, that movie was awful. But I did watch Watermelon Man. This is a 1970 movie. Um, it's a weird movie, very strange. But if you think about it, at the time, what was on screen, there was no real besides black exploitation going going in the 70s, later 70s. There was really nothing that depicted race like this. Maybe. A couple years later, when Blazing Saddles came out, Mel Brooks tackled it. But the beginning of the movie, there's you see a white guy, a sexist, racist white man, played by stand-up comedian Godfrey Cambridge, a black man, by the way, in whiteface. Um, he wakes up after a hard day of being a bigot, and in a weird twist of fate, he is forced in the shoes of a black man. He wakes up a black man, um, living in a world from a different perspective. That's what the whole movie is about. Uh, very much Freaky Friday, but playing, wow. yeah, very much Freaky Friday, but uh, reverse stereotypes. So he, he ends up working, and uh, people call him the N word, and people are uh, scared of him because he's a black guy. And this is 1970, mind you. Um, but yeah, that's what the whole movie is about. And by the end, he loses everything. He loses his wife, loses his job, um, has to work uh, work the lower level um, jobs of his of his town. Has to sell his house. Uh, gets forced out because he's getting race, racist phone calls. So yeah, the movie takes a turn. Um, it's not that good of a movie, I would say. It doesn't age well. But the reason you don't know Godfrey Cambridge, he was a very popular comic, stand-up comic around the time of Bill Cosby, Dick Gregory, Nipsey Russell, all of these guys who were, who were famous, became famous in the 70s and 80s. Bill Cosby, probably the biggest one. Um, but he died in 1973, 1974 of a heart attack just all of a sudden. This came out in 1970, so a few years later he actually died. Um, and uh, yeah, no no reason for the heart attack other than uh, he just, I guess, wasn't healthy and uh, he died on set one day. And uh, yep. he didn't really have a legacy. But yeah, the movie's not that good. Um, I forgot to tell you. Good thing you only watched five minutes because I would have felt bad if you watched the whole thing. 
Um, but it's one of the very first movies I think that ever tackled anything like this. Um, because it was never, it was kind of a taboo subject back then until black exploitation yep. came out until Mel Brooks came out and kind of made it the, uh, made the public aware of it. Um, and of course now, now it's everywhere. So, so, uh, for you. what's, what's next week? Tropic Thunder. We could do that. <laughs> I know we talked about the very last week we're going to do Ghost Dad, which is a sci-fi movie set in the 80s with Bill Cosby. And I'm, we're also going to watch a documentary that came out a couple years ago all about the allegations of Bill Cosby. Because I figured, well, if we're going to talk about a movie with Bill Cosby, we might as well talk about why Bill Cosby had such a downfall when he was probably the biggest thing in the late 80s and 90s for culture. I mean, he had a huge show with huge ratings. He had movies. He had everything. He had that show on ABC uh, um, with the kids where he used to tell where the kids used to tell jokes. I can't remember the name of it, but <clears throat> I mean, he was huge. And all of a sudden, these allegations come out, and he's he is a pervert for all this Isn't time. That, he was uh, famous. Kid, kids say the darndest things. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay. But he was huge, and we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about this movie, Ghost Dad. Which I loved as a kid, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It's where Bill Cosby dies, and he's trying to find his body before his body goes to heaven, or he goes to heaven, and he he needs to be re, he needs to go in back into his body to to come I, out of this coma. It's, it's funny. Lot of, we, uh, lot started of talking about McDonald's. I'm pretty sure I got this movie from McDonald's. Remember that they would run like random yeah. like oh, yeah. VHS tapes with your happy meals. I think I got this and Field of Dreams from McDonald's. Yeah, I know Field of Dreams did that. I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised Ghost Dad was there too. But yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a couple weeks. I think next week there's a Denzel Washington and Bob Hopkins Hopkins movie that came out. Um, I can't remember. I think I have it at the end of the notes. We'll talk about it later. But I think we may watch that next week or Tropic Thunder because that's a great. Although. This is supposed to be Black History Month. That doesn't really bode well for Black History of a white man doing blackface. But we'll 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 consider. <laughs> That's this why later. I thought it was funny because you have a black man doing whiteface in this movie. <laughs> but at least he's black. It's a little different when a white man's doing blackface. But we'll we'll. Yeah. But it is Robert Downey Jr. and he's America's actor, so um, <clears throat> we'll go back to that. But another movie that I watched this week. Because next week, Madam Web comes out. Now I have been putting this off for years. Because I love Spider-Man. Right? I years? love, yeah, I love Spider-Man. This is the first solo movie review I think I did on the podcast because you didn't go with me for obvious reasons. I watched Morbius, The Living Vampire. I'm familiar with Morbius from the cartoon. Um, in the cartoon, he shows up at in New York City um, and has a fight with Spider-Man. And the episode also features Blade, who was supposed to be in. Morbius was supposed to be in the end credit scene of the first Blade movie. Um, did not show up, um, and they didn't bring the character back for Blade Two, so it kind of just uh, went in the limbo. But yeah, he was supposed to. There was supposed to be a quick cameo at the end of, of, of after credit scene for Blade. I actually think they filmed it too. Um, so this is the very first time we've seen Morbius live action, starring Jared Leto as uh, as Morbius the Doctor. Um, basis of the character. Character grew up with a blood disorder, has to do blood transfusions for his whole entire life. Um, he is sickly. He has to wear. He has to use crutches to move around. But he's a doctor. He's very smart. Um, went to medical school. Um, As so doctors all, do. 
So all of all of that is pretty much based off of true comic book lore for for the Spider-Man villain. However, the writing, the acting, the plot, all over the place for this movie. Horrible. Um, weak story points too. A lot of quick scenes that don't have any explanation of what the fuck's really going on. Um, especially with Jared Leto, who I'm going to say right now, I think he's an overrated actor. I thought it for a very long time, and this just proves it even more. Um, I think during points of this movie, he was trying to get, trying to be his own version of Batman. I got that a lot when he was going into the cage with the bats, um, letting him fly over the, all over the place, all over him. Um, acting was atrocious, not only from him, but all the supporting actors. Um, CGI was so bad, it was sad. I wrote in the notes. Um, yeah, CGI is real bad in this movie. <laughs> very bad. And this is before there was a CGI problem. Um, Tyrese, probably the worst actor in this whole entire movie. Um, yep. They needed a cop figure, and they had him on here. I think Matt Smith is the only saving grace. He's the only... He's and the he's only even... And he's the dialogue's bad. so bad, he's not even fucking good in it, which tells you something. Yep, um... It makes me miss him as a doctor, Doctor Who. But the only thing I didn't like what? about the, him in this movie was these fucking dance sequences of him. Um, I know those became a meme. Oh my god! During that time, that was, they were bad because yeah. um, yeah. he also he also had this blood disorder. That's how him and Morbius met, um, and because of that, they uh, they're both trying to find a cure. He, he got Morbius to try to find this cure. He found it, and they both get cured. And he does this big, huge dance sequence when he's feeling better and can walk around on his legs. Um, the Venom reference in this was. God awful, felt forced. When he says "I am Venom," it was so dumb. There, sh there should be no reference of that in this universe because who the fuck would know Venom? There, he had no. It, it just doesn't make sense. That's not the only thing that didn't make sense. We'll get to the after credits in a second, but <sighs> what the serious fuck, Sony? <laughs> Sony fucking with what the MCU did. They did right with the whole entire uh, multiverse in no, in No Way Home. Um, and complicating the rules created in No Way Home even more by putting this bullshit in the after credits scene. Um, the first after credits scene showed Michael Keaton coming in after the end of No Way Home when the portals were closed. He ends up getting sent over to this Sony universe and gets sent into a prison cell. And uh, Michael Keaton, for some reason, in this prison cell, nobody knows who he is in this universe, so they end up setting him free because <laughs> he has no warrant. He has no criminal record over here. That's the first after credits after credit scene. Second after credit scene, you see Michael Keaton in full vulture costume has sent out for Morbius to meet him in the desert somewhere. He flies in with his uh, suit from the first uh, Spider-Man Homecoming movie, and they have a they have an interaction with him and Morbius setting up this Sinister Six movie that Sony has an inevitable, inevitable hard on for that they want to do. Um, but I think the MCU already kind of did that with No Way Home, and they did a great job bringing a bunch of characters in and, and having them fight Spider-Man. Even though there are three Spider-Men, they did a great job to kind of their Sinister Five. But Sony really does want to do... They've been wanting to do this since Amazing Spider-Man 2 when they had an after credit scene with the with the six villains Rhino. at the end of that. Rhino, yeah. So, I mean, it's inevitable. Sony wants to do it, so they're going to they're gonna be promoting it, and that's what they tried to do in this. I think it failed horribly. Um... Movie is not good, not rewatchable. I think the acting is horrible, and I love Spider Man. I just don't like what Sony's doing to the character, and doing especially with these side characters. And it doesn't give me much hope for Madame Web, but it also doesn't give me much hope for Craven the Hunter, which is a character I actually do love. Um, probably and that movie my, actually looks good. 
And it that has movie great, actually looks good. And it has a great actor that we both love, yep. Aaron Taylor Johnson, playing playing Craven. But I'm just hoping that without having Spider-Man part of these movies, it started from the very first Venom movie. I've said it from there, and I'll say it for I'll keep saying it. Venom, Venom and Carnage, and this not having Spider-Man a part of the movies hurts them. And because they're trying to, to make their own universe without Spider-Man, and you can't do that when these villains have such a connection to, even if it is an origin story, um, the Venom the Venom movies just don't work without Spider-Man. Um, doesn't work. I don't like Venom without the emblem. He looks weird. I don't like Venom and Carnage without 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 Spider-Man. Just looks weird. Um, I I I think I think they should really bring in uh, even if they don't bring bring in Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire they bring in another version of a Spider-Man from another universe they should do something like that at least to have a Spider-Man character they don't have to have Tom Holland do every single version of Spider-Man in these universes but um yeah Sony is a mess and Marvel knows that too that's why they stay there that's why they stay far away from all this from all this stuff and they just stick to the Tom Holland stuff but um it just proves f- further that Sony doesn't get it. Um, treating the villains like they're heroes, making Spider-Man's rogue gallery vigilantes versus adversaries um, kind of hurts the brand. Casting big names, semi-likable actors kind of hurts the brand. Jared Leto is not that good of an actor. I, I haven't seen maybe, maybe he's fucking really good actually. I don't I'll like him. Cook. I don't like him at all. Like I didn't. I, I think the only movie, the only movie that he may be good in was. Um, um, fuck! I can't think of the name of it with uh with Christian Bale. Fuck. Uh, American Psycho. Christian Bale. American Psycho. Um, he's oh yeah, good yeah, in yeah. That. He but he's good in barely that. in it. He's barely in that. He's, he's good also in Fight, in Fight Club. Club. He's, he's barely in Fight Club. Club. He's great but, in Requiem for a Dream. He won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, which is when everyone which, started. Is this a, whole Jared Leto's great. Um, which is a good, which is a good movie, but I don't think it was just him. I think it was also. Um, uh, well, yeah, McConaughey was great in there too. Yeah, that was when he came back. Um, they both kind of had a resurgence because he quit acting uh, for a long time. He after, was in the band. After I think it was after American Psycho, he quit acting for a long time. Yeah, because he was in um, uh, Thirty Seconds to Summer. Requiem for a Dream. He was in, and then yeah, and then he came back in Dial- Dallas Buyers Club. And I think uh, I'd like to see how he his actual performance as Joker goes over. Um, if we ever which get to see that, which I actually, film. I but, actually didn't mind. I just think it was over the top for the type of story that they were trying to tell. And, and also <laughs> like they used, like David Ayer said, they used his worst takes on everything, like all the stuff they filmed and they used like stuff that he just filmed just to have extra stuff. And they ended up putting that into the movie and that's what screwed up a lot of it. Um, cause apparently he has a real character arc, um, in the real cut, but, uh, yeah. hopefully we'll see that one day. I like Leto. I don't think he's one of the greatest actors or anything, but I think he's very talented. Um, he takes that method stuff too far because yes. he's not that good of an actor. Which I hear um, behind the, behind the scenes, he did that a lot with this movie. He was sending people on the ca- on the set bats and shit, dead bats. Yeah, um, he was doing that. He was that was also a Suicide Squad. He was doing the he was doing dead he bats. was doing that too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's a good actor. I don't think he's the greatest or anything. Um, but yeah, this movie isn't very good. Like like I said in my review originally, um, I liked the first half hour to 40 minutes as a vampire origin story, and that's about it. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, when I rewatched it this week, that's literally where I stopped watching. Is that like 42 minutes? Okay, yeah. Um, because so I've seen sense. the rest, and I knew about the bad CGI, and 
And also after seeing Matt Smith play uh, Damon Targaryen, I didn't want his bad acting to ruin that yeah. view of him as well. So, and it's not even that he's bad; just the script is terrible. Yeah. Like the script the, is just the, very the very writing bad. Is, the writing is atrocious. Yes. Um, it's not even the writing; it's just there was no story. Like there, there was really, yeah. literally no, yeah. no explanation of what was going on. And and it's hard, tough, it like to you follow. say, without without Spider Man, um, yeah. whether it's Tom Holland or the other two guys, or they cast somebody else. Um, yeah, just cast a new. I kid. think it should just be Andrew Garfield. Just it should be. fuck it. Make make Andrew Garfield the Spider Man of this universe. Do a couple more movies where he's Spider Man, then wrap it up with Amazing Spider Man three. Because um, he was which, which could a be a fantastic. Sinister, which could be he's a, a fantastic Spider Man. If they did a Spider Man three, they could do a Sinister Six movie there instead of doing a solo. Because they want a Sinister yes. Six movie solo. It would be so fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we'll talk about Sony more later. I'm sure, but. Um, Let's, that being said, let's jump into news. And by the way, that movie is a 2 out of 5 for me. Um, That's exactly what I gave it. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, trailer roundup. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Bud and Honey 2. A uh, sequel nobody asked for. A movie I never saw and I abandoned Kevin yeah. at the movie theaters. Yeah. Um, and no, I don't plan on I don't plan on seeing this. It wasn't one even at the movie theaters. You just didn't want to watch it, and you were like, "We should watch it." And then you just oh, didn't have right. time. You fucking yeah. <laughs> I, and after the review and after your review, I'm glad I didn't. So I'm not going to ever. Oh, it's watch awful. It. It's it's bad. <clears throat> it's it's a good bad for me though. I could probably watch it again. I probably won't, but I probably could. The reason why this movie came out, the second one, is because all the other characters started going into public domain. That's yep. Owl. That's Tigger. Eeyore, um, they brought in all of these characters, uh, Piglet, um, all part of the movie poster that I posted in our notes. Um, yeah, this is uh, Winnie the Pooh on a Murderous Rampage sequel to the first movie, which is just looks god-awful. This looks just as bad in the trailer. So, um, Another trailer came out for Knuckles. It's a TV show coming out on Paramount Plus, a six-episode, um, April 26th, uh, starring Idris Elba. As Knuckles, um, I also I also know a lot of the cast from the Sonic universe is in this as well. Um, this is a spinoff of Sonic the Hedgehog, the movies. Yep. It, um, it looks like uh, the first episode is going to be all the Sonic guys from the movies, and then it's going to spin off into him doing his own thing for yep. the rest of the series. Looks pretty good. I mean, you said you never saw the two Sonics, never, right? No, I've never seen them. I do want to see them. I've seen the first one. Okay. I haven't seen them yet. Way better than that. Any, way better than they should have been. Yeah. Um, just it's enjoyable. They're just yeah. enjoyable animation. Um, this also starts Adam Paley. Um, he was in Happy Endings a few years ago. He's a funny guy. Um, so yeah, this comes out April 26th on Paramount. Um, another documentary comes out on March 17th and, uh, March 18th, two-night, two uh, premiere, uh, for this, uh, quite on set, The Dark Side of Kids TV. This is all about Nickelodeon's toxic, toxic work environment in the 2000s, um, by this guy, Dan Schneider. <laughs> What? Um, It'd be awesome if we saw a clip of Chris in it in the documentary. How funny would that be? They had a lot of he had a lot of people work underneath him who were pedophiles who ended up being yes. arrested later on. Um, and there's one person, a, a very popular person from Nickelodeon at the time, who actually comes out. They don't say who he is or who, who she is in the documentary, but she actually comes out and talks about the time that she was um, molested or she was uh, sexually abused. Um, and for this guy that's in prison now, I believe, um, for child porn and doing this, um, 
so she's going to unseal that record and talk about it live on this uh, documentary that's going to be on 17th and 18th of March, um, which we probably will talk about because uh, I'm I, I loved Nickelodeon when I was growing up. I loved uh, all that and, and Keenan and Kel. I even watched Drake and Josh in the ni- in the 2000s. So um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't to see really where watch any goes. of that. This guy, this guy Dan Schneider, created all of that. So he created yeah. all of that. He created he created a Nickelodeon, a lot of that stuff Nickelodeon that I liked back in the day. So um, another trailer came out for Quiet Place Day One, starring uh, I can't remember her name. Of course, I didn't put it in the notes, but she's um, in Twelve Years a Slave. She's also in uh, in Black Panther. She plays uh, Lupita. Uh, yeah, Lupita, Lagon, L- 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 I can't remember her last name, but yes, Lupita, um, and Joseph Quinn. Who played Eddie in Stranger Things? Who may be the Human Torch in Fantastic Four? They released the uh, casting, but the trailer came out. Um, looks pretty good. This is a prequel to A Quiet Place. This is the very first day the uh, aliens come in and invade Earth? Um, and uh, John Krasinski, I believe, either produced or directed this. I can't remember, but um, this doesn't have that family in it like the first two. movies. I'm assuming he directed because he did the first two movies. Yeah, I think he's. I think. So yeah, I'm I, assuming I, he directed I, it. I, yeah. Um, he also has an If movie out, so I'm not sure if he had time to do that or not. But yeah, um, the trailer came out, looks decent. Um, I haven't seen the second movie. First one was was pretty good. Um, about aliens. I enjoyed the who, first. I'm just yeah, saying I, I never saw the second. Was that what they were? They were aliens. They cleared that up in the first. It's I can't so remember. I remember watching it and liking it though. It's funny that we never saw it because the second one has Killian Murphy in it. Um, he's the he he takes over because the yeah, first I one John, Pres- John Krasinski yep. dies in the first one. But yeah, um, we'll have to watch that before this comes out because I think we should watch it. But the uh, um, second one also came out when we did not have the Regal Pass, so that's probably why. Okay. Uh, I love Killian, but he's not the type to, like, oh, my God, Killian's in a movie. i got to go spend $20 and right. go see it. Like, I like Killian a lot, but he's not the type of guy that sells me on a movie yeah. um, when I'm paying 20 bucks every time I go. Uh, so, so that's it for trailers. So let's get into the news. Um, Argyle um, had an $18 million debut. They're calling it a failure. Um, I think I, I like the movie. I, I like the movie I liked it. I mean... The story itself is stupid, but I just had fun with it. it like, it's okay mo- to go to a movie and fun have movie. fun. It was a fun movie. Just, I wish it was rated R and 20 minutes shorter. Yep. Those are my two complaints. Um, the Chosen, Season 4, Episodes 1 through 3. Never even heard of it. It was number 2 last week at 6 million. And The Beekeeper is at 3rd with uh, 5.2 million. So That's pretty incredible for The Beekeeper to still make money considering it's on digital. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a weird time. You can right buy now. it. You can own yeah. it for 20 bucks, or you can go to the movies and spend 20 bucks to see it. Like, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, it's a weird but time. Good for it. Um, Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis was supposed to be on the Saturday Night Live cast in 2019. Um, some stuff from his podcast came up, some uh, racist uh, stuff that he was talking about, some sex. So he was stuff. never on the show, right? He didn't have a chance to. He was actually he, okay. was, there was Asian anti not anti Asian, but he was making fun of Asians on his podcast, like okay. comedians do. I just I saw this in the notes and I was like, I don't remember him ever being on SNL. I feel like I would have remembered that, even though I don't watch much much SNL. So this makes sense why they hired he got canceled him, before going on. <laughs> yeah, they hired him in Bowen Yang, who was a gay Asian man, and mm-hmm. because of all this controversy and all this stuff from the podcast come up, they fired him before he even showed up on SNL. Um, and they became a he. He just went on to do stand up, and he went viral. And he is a very popular stand up comedian right now, to the point where he is actually going to be returning, I believe, in a couple weeks to host yeah. Saturday Night Live under a lot of backlash right now. Um, they're actually going back to this old, the old stuff on the podcast, bringing it back up. Um, Bowen Yang is st- uh, still a part of the cast. 
Um, so not not sure if they're going to poke fun of it. Not sure if they're going to have any interactions. Bo and Yang, um, he's okay on the show. I don't know if you watched that or not. Yeah. I know you're not a big fan I like don't. I am. I was never a huge fan of it. Um, I wish I was around when the older ones were on because I would have loved to see like Prime, Bill Murray, and all those guys. Right. But, uh, yeah, Shane seems to be on the come up now. He's got a new deal with Budweiser. Yeah, he's, he's gonna he's, be Bud Light now. He's doing Bud, um, Bud Light. Yeah, after he's, the he's constantly in my uh, my reels on Facebook now. Yeah, um, he's a funny guy. So yeah, he's not I hear, bad. I hear his last. I hear his last stand up is really good. I haven't seen it. Yet. It's on Netflix. Is uh, it on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> I hear it's very good. I, I've been watching a lot of uh, Anthony Jeselnik or whatever the fuck that guy's name is because he's hilarious too. Yeah, um, he's got my sense of humor. So Melissa Barrera. She was in the Scream movie. She was also in um, the Lin-Manuel Miranda in the Heights movie. She is being under fire again for a series of social media yeah. posts. She was already fired from the last, the, the newest Scream movie. Um, she was she was pretty much the main star of that. She's been fired. Um, and yeah. she's been talking about Israel and, Israel and Gaza and all the stuff, the conflict going on over there. Um, and her representatives are her representatives. Her her uh, publicists are all uh, exploring ways to drop the actress as a client. So she's uh, <laughs> she keeps saying more and more stuff on social media, and she's not going to have a job. I keep saying, I've said it multiple times: is you have you have the the luxury the the you have the luxury of fame. Don't fuck it up because it's a very very rare thing to find that. It's, it's not that it's easy, but it's a it's a way of making money. It's just like if you were at working at a job and you just and you just won't shut up and you end up getting yourself fired. It's the same thing. Um, and she may never work in Hollywood again, and she'll be end up waitressing in ten years because of it. Um, a lot of people won't hire her, so it's it's just it's just keep quiet. Even don't talk politically. Don't talk uh, about stuff like that. Even if it's something you stand for, not everybody in the country is going to stand for it, and they'll actually turn you'll actually turn them off to. Uh, what you're saying but um we were talking about the wwe earlier and brock lesnar we talked about that a couple weeks ago <laughs> with with the whole entire thing with vince mcmahon and him being a Don't part of that the cover yep they took him off the cover of this uh 40 years of wrestlemania cover for 20 uh, 2k24 comes out next month it's like what uh similar to what uh china did with avengers infinity war where they removed black panther because they're yep. racist over there yeah anyways i digress yep. but um yeah, yeah it's they, uh yeah. Uh, are you getting this game? You think? I think so. Yeah, the forty years of WrestleMania—it's one hundred, one hundred and twenty bucks, I think. But uh, oh. I do like that. I do like that cover. I don't know. And they're—they are like I've played a lot of two K twenty three. It's a lot of fun. Um, they typically come out kind of broken, though. I've noticed the WWE games. Yeah. So you might want to wait a week or two until they fix everything with the patches. Um, Speaking that's of just that, my word of advice. Have you played Kill the Justice League? Did you ever get that? No, no, I have not. I'm not paying seventy dollars for a game anymore. I refuse. I wait till they're thirty five bucks. Uh, well, also, it takes about four months. I wish I, I wish I didn't because the reviews are horrible, and I haven't, I haven't played it because of that because the reviews have turned me off. Um, I've, I've heard from people I trust on Twitter um, that they like it. Um, it does get repetitive, like Chris was saying. Yeah. Um, and I guess the boss battles are fucking really difficult. Yeah. Like I guess beating the Flash, uh, this kid spent like fucking twelve hours to beat the Flash. Oh, fuck <laughs> like that. he just couldn't do it. But he's also playing on a harder difficulty. But yeah, I don't um, do that. Yeah, um, that's why I'm Fox. glad the new Jedi Survivor game has a story mode where you basically just kind of go through the game without having to worry about. Yeah, because the first one's so difficult. Yeah, um, Fox, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery are creating a new joint sports streaming platform. It's going to have ESPN. 
It's going to have all of these things all in one. Um, kind of like a Hulu for sports. Hulu did the same thing back in the day with uh, all the networks came together to do a uh, streaming service for all the network television. Uh, but they're doing this for sports. So uh, you'll be seeing a lot of uh, live sports on there. A lot of uh, on-demand sports uh, from every from every uh, every sport you can think of, from basketball to football to baseball. Um, so that's interesting. Um, James Cameron is talking about his ideas for Avatar six and seven. Yes, which he is going to hand off to someone else because he will yeah, most likely I, be dead. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um. um but you know what? I, I was thinking about this. And so George Lucas creates Star Wars. So you have a whole generation of kids growing up on Star Wars. He's doing the same thing with Avatar. He's just going to find some like George Lucas found Dave Filoni. He's going to find some kid that grew up on Avatar and loves it, which is weird because like you said last year, like we never we went and saw Avatar too, but we didn't hear like anybody Anything. talk about it after like a week or two, and it still ended up making two point two billion dollars or whatever the fuck it made. Um, yeah, there's no. There's so yeah, no he's going to have to find somebody that. He's got to find somebody that grew up on it and somewhat knows the lore better than him, just like George Lucas did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the new one comes out next year. Is it 2025? So I think it comes out yep. the third one. I think it's every two years from here on out. Yep. Or something um, like that. Yeah, because he's been filming him, and he's been filming him pretty much nonstop since the second one. Third and second were filmed back to back because the kids had to remain kids for the third. Yeah. And then there'll be adults or grown ups in the fourth, I think, or older in the fourth. So, um, I believe we talked about uh, the Jurassic World movie last week, and they brought in a new yes. director beginning of the week, and then today they announced that the director fell out, fell through. Um, this yeah. movie's this movie's supposed to come out July second, twenty twenty five, a uh, continuation of Jurassic World, done by the original writer of the first movie, Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, this director David Leach, uh, who was supposed to do the movie, he directed Bullet Train. Um, he dropped out today. Talks fell he was, through. Uh, Brad Pitt stunt double in Fight Club. Okay, makes sense. Uh, so yeah, um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Did a, um, uh, real quick oh, though ahead. about Jurassic World. Uh, discussing film just put this out. Um, they basically are trying to just find somebody to shoot the film with no creative input because they've already fast tracked it to next July, which yeah. doesn't make any sense because why would you do that? I mean, it's gonna take forever to do the CGI on this, right? So if you don't start shooting by fucking May, you're not gonna make that date. Yeah. And it's also the week for Superman Legacy, so of course a lot of people from a certain fan base are talking about how it's going to absolutely kill Legacy's box office. Um, the uh, problem, the just problem with the problem with Jurassic <laughs> July twenty twenty six, Jurassic World. The problem with it is they got the worse. Thir- the third one brought in everything that they possibly yep. could, except for a story. They brought in all the actors from the original series. They brought all yep. the actors from the new series. Brought them all together into one movie, and it's not number one, not memorable. Number two story was horrible. Number three, they had fucking locusts throughout the whole entire fucking movie. Yep. It was boring as fuck. And if they could put everything into that movie and not make make the whole, almost the whole world not want to watch it and still want to continue this franchise. And yet it still made a billion dollars. It still made a, it still made a billion dollars because everybody loves dinosaurs. Yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah. Very weird. Um, Ryan Reynolds did a... Uh, did a promotion for this new trailer coming out on Sunday for If, the imaginary friend movie directed by John Krasinski. If you ever watched The Office, there was a scene in The Office where Randall Park, who is an Asian actor, comes in and, and takes pictures as Jim, actually sits in The Office as Jim from The Office, and tries to prank Dwight into thinking that Jim has always been Asian the whole entire time. 
While in the commercial, Randall Park sits next to <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, pretending he's the director, John, Tr John Krasinski, in this trailer. And it's fucking hilarious. If you ever watched The Little Office, you're probably <laughs> laughing your ass off. But, um, yeah, he was talking. He's, he was promoting himself as John Krasinski, even though it was uh, Randall, Randall Park. Um, Randall Park, if you ever seen Fresh Off the Boat, he's a father in that. If you ever seen... Um, yeah, he's uh, great in that, uh, or, uh, yeah, that killer movie that we watched in October. And yep. he's awesome in, obviously, MCU stuff. He's just, yep. he's a joy. The only movie he wasn't awesome in was Aquaman. Yep, and that's because that movie just sucked. Bad that. But he was, like, the best part of the movie, so. <laughs> um, Miles Teller, cast in Anton Flaqua's Michael Jackson biopic. He's playing Michael Jackson's manager. Uh, I love Miles Teller, so I uh, can't wait yeah, for that. Yeah, too. Also showed the uh, first pictures of uh, Coleman Domingo and Nia Long in characters Michael Jackson's parents. Um yeah, so that's a uh, full full swing into production. I uh, can't wait for that movie next year. Um, Apple is actively developing a foldable iPhone. Uh, not supposed nope. to come out till around uh, <laughs> 2026, but there there are prototypes out in the wild right now. Um, there's also Sounds a foldable. Awful. There's also a foldable eight inch iPad. It's gonna be like an iPad Mini. Um, yeah, it's just the way things are now, and they're gonna have a, it may have a screen on the uh, on the outside, so when it's closed, you can actually see notifications and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know about this. Foldables seems very not not so durable. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Samsung's been having Samsung them for had years. A huge issue. They had a huge issue when they first came out, though. Yeah, they fixed um, it in recent years. But I wonder, yeah. I wonder if it'll if it'll feel like a flip phone because it feels like a flip phone. I wouldn't mind that to be honest because I kinda, fucking it love flip does. phones. It kind of does. Um, it's a little bit thicker than a regular phone, yeah. but. But um, yeah, it's 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 bigger when you open it. So and if you full, and, and I don't think the crease shows up as much as it used to back in the day. But no, it doesn't. Um, from what I've seen. From what I've seen too. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Boston Red Sox. Two documentaries coming out on Netflix. This two series. Fucking franchise. Oh, uh, fuck first, yourself, John Henry. The first one's going to be following the 2024 Red Sox uh, throughout the whole entire season. And another one, oh, which yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually excited for, it's an in-depth documentary exploring the 04 Red Sox scene that won the World Series. That'll be I, good. That'll be good. The it's whole coming thing out on Netflix. following the 24 Red Sox is they're going to be a last-place team. This They don't spend any money anymore. They're going to be a last-place team, and they're not going to release it till like spring training next year. So why wouldn't they do it like a week-to-week -week thing like HBO does with their football hard, program? With Hard Knocks. Hard yeah. Knocks. Um, that would have been the better way to go. Maybe just do spring training and then release it during the season. Um, but like half this team is probably gonna be gone next year when we see the fucking documentary. Yeah. So I'm I more mean, plus this team I'm... doesn't spend any money. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually really pumped about the one in the O four team. The O four team, awesome. the O four team doc in depth doc is gonna be really good. Yeah. Um, if it's gonna be on Netflix, they do great documentaries. So I'm excited 100%. for that. I'm excited for that, and yeah. I actually will watch. Um, it was actually announced today they're doing a new Predator uh, Predator uh, movie, um, kind of set after Prey, but not not Good. not a direct sequel to it. It's gonna be set in the future. Um, uh, it's gonna be called Badlands. Um, no plot details. Uh, not a direct sequel to Prey, but it's gonna be set sometime in the future. Um, so yeah, uh, I did like Prey. It was a decent movie, set in 1700s and uh, Indian. Uh, Native American um, girl. Yeah. I think I believe. Nice to see just a little contained story with that 
uh, premise I thought was way better than it seems like every time they do it um, they try to go like every Predator sequel is trying to be bigger and better but bigger doesn't always equal better which I guess I would honestly like this if it was like if they do the new Jurassic World movie which they won't do like a smaller like horror style Jurassic Park movie but they'll never do that because it'll cost them money I guess they think but I love Prey the, uh, the protagonist in this as well is going to be a, is a female as well. So they're going to be bringing cool. a uh, female. Um, work she for was Prey. badass in Prey. Yeah, work, work for Prey. Awesome. I, I think it'll work for that too. Um, this Looney Tunes Coyote versus Acme movie. Debacle? Yeah, debacle. That's a good word for it because it was... Zazoff hasn't even seen the fucking film and he canceled uh, it. It's canceled for tax write-off. Um, and then there was talk of it going being shopped around. They were going to take it off for the tax write-off. Now, they're saying that the movie will be destroyed forever. Um, the tax write-off thing is going to happen, and this is not going to be released, and they're going to completely destroy, so it will never be shown again. Kind of like the Batgirl movie. Um, yep. And actually exactly like the Batgirl movie that happened. It's um, kind of crazy, though, how people say how good it is, but then they shopped it around and nobody wanted to pay $30 million for it, so, which I yes. feel like... If the movie was that good, then that seems like it should be a layup for a cost. Like somebody was Netflix inflating. is spending like two hundred right. million dollars, like, and they can't spend thirty for this. Like, yeah, yeah some, somebody was inflating how good it was just to how try, good to, try was, to, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I'm guessing too. But yeah, so RIP mm-hmm. to that movie. Um, another prequel series of Game of Thrones, based on e- Egon's quest, and is in the works. Prequel to uh, to House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also doing the one that you're, what's that, what's that one that they're about to film? The one that you, you always talk about, um, the egg, um, uh, that, um, the, uh, the hedge night one, um, Duncan egg. Yep. Yeah. They're going to be right? doing that yeah, one Duncan soon that, that, by the end yes. of the year. Um, Hope, and of course, hopefully the, this gets made because right. it should be a great story. There's a lot of, there's a I, lot of them. There's a lot of spinoffs in development. A lot of them have been, they have been filmed. A couple of them have actually filmed pilots that didn't go forward. Yes, um, but they're but they're trying to milk this for everything that they can, which is I mean it does gangbusters Makes for them sense. in the ratings. Yeah, so. I mean everyone was like, I'm not gonna go watch this sequel series or prequel series, and then everyone ended up watching that show. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but this story is gonna follow invading Aegon Targaryen and his sister wives, um, who conquered Westeros and, the, and with their mighty dragons. The trio successfully. <laughs> I love the term sister wives. I know. The, the trio successfully <laughs> unified six of the seven kingdoms in just two years, with only Dorne ma- managing to resist. Um, you want me to give you my, my casting yeah. for Aegon? Yeah, sure. You could probably guess Henry Cavill. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Okay. He's he's worked with swords in The Witcher. Uh, throw like a blonde that. wig on him. Yeah, Why not? Like There's like rumors that. that he's going to be in House of the Dragon, but uh, I would like him as Aegon a lot. Actually, I if they ever do it, but they won't. Um, when Robert Baratheon takes over, I wanted him to play Robert, but I don't think they'll ever do that story because they pretty much tell you every detail throughout the eight se- eight seasons in the show. Right. Um, but I would like him for Aegon. Yeah. Um, we talked about it last week with uh, Larry David attacking Elmo from Sesame Street on today's show. <laughs> well, yeah, Will Wheaton. Will Will Wheaton came out this week in not a joking manner talking about. How the Elmo attack triggered old trauma of him being abused as a child from bullies, yeah. and actually was serious. Made like a nine-page do- like document yeah. on Facebook on his social media talking about how, and then like turned Larry off David commenting because people were roasting him. Yeah, because he was talking about how 
Larry David beating up a puppet was in comparison to him being being beaten up as a child for and being bullied, um, and people were roasting him like you said. Um, yep. Will Wheaton trying to look for a spotlight that was never really there in the first place. So, um, he's a horrible actor. He was in Big Bang Theory quite a bit. Um, if you ever watched Star Trek, he was in Next Generation. Um, that's pretty much all he's ever done. Oh, and he also did Stand by Me. That's pretty much all. Yeah, I was going to say, Stand By Me is the big one. I think, if you were to talk to Trekkies, I think they would say Next Generation was pretty big, because he was in that for nine years, so... No, I mean, Stand By Me was the one that everyone, because it's like cult classic, Everybody that was like the thing that got his start on. Yeah. 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 Um, News came out today, Jonathan Majors has more women coming out, accusing him of physical and emotional abuse, Um, more ex-girlfriends, two more, Um, another round of... Wasn't he supposed to be sentenced, like, last week? Uh, get pushed back to March. I, I don't okay. think I brought it As up. As it always yeah. does, yeah. It does, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he's getting canceled everywhere. Um, I think the only person, the only people that will hire him are probably, like, Spike Lee. I mean, he's not going to be doing any big movies anymore. It'll be low-budget, um, independent movies. Um, Disney had a quarter, er, uh, quarterly earnings call this week, mentioned and brought up a, a whole bunch of new stuff, including uh, revealing Moana 2 wasn't announced it was actually supposed to be a tv series and uh with all the bob Iger stuff going on him turning uh trying to turn a profit to disney right now turn the series into an unannounced movie coming out at the end of this year in 2024 i don't know if you ever saw the first moana it's, it's actually a decent movie music done by it's Lin very Manuel. good uh music yeah, done by lynn manuel Miranda. he's not coming back though for this one um uh, rock is but, coming back yeah everybody's yep, coming rock back. is coming back yeah and, and this is on top of the live action version they're going to be filming soon, going into production. So, yeah, um, which The Rock is supposed to be in that? How is he supposed to be the same character he was? He should just produce. It's going to be a just... it's going to be a CGI character, kind of like the genie when Will Smith did. Oh, okay. It's going to be like okay, that. gotcha. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Uh, Disney Plus renewed Percy Jackson the Olympians for season two, which I do want to see the first season. I did like the first the first movie that they did. Um, Disney also announced that they took a $1.5 billion stake in Epic Games, who does Fortnite, to create this expansive universe just with Disney. It's going to have a whole bunch of Disney parks. Um, it's going to have Marvel. It's going to have Lucasfilm, Pixar, um, ESPN, the Disney parks, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, every Disney universe all in this kind of Fortnite-like world. Um, using the same type of graphics. I'm not sure if it's going to be like a fighting game or if it's going to be like an ever-expansive world that you can kind of go into different worlds or different different planets, different universes and stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, $1.5 billion is quite a stake to be putting into something like this, so they must have a lot of uh, faith in it. Um, speaking of putting money into it, Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, the movie, going to be officially streaming on Disney Plus on March 15th. Um, including five new songs. This is probably the best investment they could do for Disney Plus because not only this is going to bring people in, but uh, for seventy-five, I think it was seventy-five million dollars for the rights for this film. Um, that honestly sounds cheap, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and they're going to be bringing this a great advertising investment for bringing this yeah. in. Good for and, Disney. Uh, yeah, they're, this is going to be huge. The Swifties are going to eat this up. Clearly, I'm not her target demo, but that's a good move by uh, Disney. Yeah, huge move. Yeah. Everyone that's, say you have uh, kids that are 14, 15, they're out of the Disney phase. Now you're going to have to buy Disney Plus just for this concert, you know? Also rumored, I didn't bring it up, but X-Men 97 is rumored to be out in March. Um, Oh, good. 
Yep. So something uh, to actually look forward to. Yeah, something Marvel. to look forward to. Yep. Um, and they also announced kind of the 2025 slate uh, for what's going to be coming out for Disney, uh, starting with uh, Captain America: Brave New World on on February 14th next year. Uh, remake, live action remake of Snow White coming out on uh, March 21st. Uh, Fantastic Four, if that ever goes into production, on May 5th, uh, May 2nd. Um, Ilio, I think I believe that's a um, Pixar movie coming out on June 13th. Uh, live action Moana coming out June 27th. Thunderbolts, a movie I'm excited for, coming out July 25th. Blade coming out November 7th. Zootopia 2 coming out on. Um, November 26th, and Avatar 3 coming out on December 19th. So, Fantastic Four is another one that's similar to Jurassic World. Like You're going to need to f- fucking start doing shit soon. Yep. If you want to make next May. I believe they are. It's just they're not going to announce any, any casting, official casting news until I mean, either you gotta Comic-Con or... you got to get the CGI or, right. you gotta get, yeah. you got to film. It takes five months to film. Like, yeah. Post-production is another six months, so it's yeah. like... Yeah. You got to get the ball rolling. I know that the script's good to go and everything, but like, announce when you're going to go into pr- production at least. Like they've I been think, in pre-production for so long, so which is actually a good thing because they're giving it time. So I don't think they yeah, ever do it in is, Marvel but, movies. But again, to reach fast, next May is going to be tough. It's actually but, all fast tracked for them. So this is one of the movies that's been taking the longest, and I think the casting's been done for quite a while too. So um, yeah, we'll have to wait hopefully. and see. Uh, Mandalorian and Grogu also released, uh, they revealed the movie is going to be coming out in 2026, the release window for that. Speaking of Disney, speaking of Star Wars, Gina Carano sued Disney over her being fired from the Mandalorian. Elon Musk funding the whole entire lawsuit. Um, I'm not going to read the whole entire statement, but basically she says that uh, firing her did damage to her career. And all she's asking for is the money that she was owed not only for the time that she was supposed to be on there, for the time that she would have been on there for the show, she's also asking to be rehired by Disney. Um, Elon yeah, Musk. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk also put out a tweet saying, or an X, whatever they call it now, to uh, let us know if you'd like to join the lawsuit against Disney. So yeah, he's he's against Disney because of advertising and them complaining about it. Yeah, I saw him post that and I blocked him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a very he's he's literally the Lex Luthor of our generation. Um, yes. This whole X thing, this whole Twitter thing, the way he took Twitter, a brand that was decent, and kind of turned it all around and upside down. I don't know if you've gone on Twitter. You go on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah, every day. I see a lot of lot of dark shit on there now. Every time I sign it's, up. Um, what I've noticed is since he took over, is um, there's a lot more bots. I've noticed there's a lot more bots, which yep. is one thing he said he was going to get rid of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I basically go on there for just because um, you can join like fandom groups. So I basically just go on there for like DC and WWE, like Discord, like just to talk shit with people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Most um, people are on it on like threads. <laughs> yeah. No one's on threads. <laughs> no. Um, so let's talk about Marvel. Daredevil, Born Again, currently filming. And two photos came out of uh, behind-the-scenes photos. Now, I, from what I hear, Marvel's kind of pissed that this stuff came out. Um, understandably, because a lot of this stuff is not secret anymore. Um, but the two, two pictures of the costume came out. Of Daredevil's new costume, which is bright red like the comic books. And Bullseye's new comic-accurate costume, also out too. Um, 
I haven't seen the third season, so I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Um, Bullseye doesn't have a costume in the third season. He's just a guy. Um, okay. So that's interesting. And I that suits comic accurate, right? It just doesn't uh, for the most part. Good, it doesn't have it doesn't have the bullseye on it, but for the most part, I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. Um. It just I don't know. I I don't know why they can't put the double D on Daredevil suit either. Yeah, um, I don't see why not. They could do that. Like Colin Farrell in the movie had uh, not a tattoo, but like a engraving basically of the bullseye on his head. Yeah. I thought that worked pretty good. Um. But that suit just looks like you just. It looks like the suit that fucking Kickass made off Amazon. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I, I'm excited for this. I need to. I, once I'm done, I'm. By the way, I didn't mention it, but I'm halfway through season eleven of Shameless. Um, okay, it's, it's not that good. Um, I know where it's going, though. I know by the end, I think Frank dies. So, um, spoilers. But I'm spoiled, so I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, this show's not that good. I, I think the show should have ended at season ten. Kind of one of those shows that that's, got dragged. That's kind of how I was when I was doing the Arrow towards the end. I was like. It was fun, and it was fine, but it should have ended way yeah. earlier. Which is the case for most TV shows. Yeah. Every TV show, for the most part, goes longer than they should have. Yeah. Um, a Marvel crew member died on Wonder Man. Uh, the Wonder Man set following an accident last, uh, I think, beginning of the week. Um, it was a it was a guy they weren't filming at the time, but he was he was on one of the gaffing one of the uh, one of the platforms or something. He fell and, and died. Um, um, they had to they had to stop that and uh, do an investigation. So it's probably pausing production on that. Um, so RIP to that guy. Uh, probably family. Yeah. I know they set up a GoFundMe and they're and probably Disney's going to be paying through insurance. Why and is stuff, so. why are they doing Wonder Man? Uh, Wonder Man is one of the last projects that Disney approved before Bob Bob Iger kind of. That's what the, I thought. Uh, but yeah. again, why are they doing Wonder Man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I think if, if it's set up in the X-Men universe, which I, he was a mutant, so I'm not sure. I have no idea. True. Um, that, that could be cool, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Um, like I mentioned, X-Men 97 coming out next month. Um, there's a lot of promo art uh, releasing uh, new looks of the characters. That's what leads. my next bin should be. I should watch rewatch X-Men the Animated Series. Uh, great show. Um, I yeah, haven't seen it in so long. New uh, new photos of the whole entire cast. Um, it looks like just a continuation of the show. That's basically yep. all it is. Um, the '97 character versions of all these characters. So I'm excited for that. Um, official title card <clears throat> may have been spoiled before the Super Bowl spot. Um, we'll talk about it at the end, but uh, there, we may have a surprise coming Sunday if we can if we can pull it together. But um, there, there's a uh, rumor that the movie may be titled Deadpool and Friend. Not friends. What? Not Wolverine. That, Deadpool and that's, friend. Just call it Deadpool three with the three claws in front of the fucking Deadpool mask, and you're good. It should be called Deadpool Kills the Fox Universe, but Disney won't pull the trigger on that. I'm sure because it says "kill" in the title. Um, Deadpool and friend. If Wade Wilson was making the title, yes, I think that's what it would be called. But it should be either yeah, called that's Deadpool. A good point. If it was called Deadpool 3 or Deadpool versus Wolverine or Deadpool's multiverse whatever fuckery, I don't know what they would call it. But, um, yeah, we won't know until Sunday. The, the, the trailer will be coming out. Um, we'll make an announcement at the end. But uh, the trailers that may be coming out for Super Bowl. Uh, Deadpool 3 is already pretty much a lock. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is going to come out with a new trailer. Inside Out 2. Uh, Wicked Part 1, First Look. I'm excited for that. Uh, Twisters, sequel to Twister. 
Uh, Kung Fu Panda 4, The Fall Guy, a new trailer for that. Um, the Family Stallone, which is the uh, which is the um, Sly Stallone documentary on, on Paramount Plus. Um, the Shy, I don't know much about that. Um, the Tiger's Apprentice, I actually saw a trailer for that. It's on Amazon Prime or something. What did I just watch today? Paramount. Uh, looked pretty good. Um, Knuckles, that trailer already released. If uh, that full trailer is going to release, One Love and A Quiet Place, oh, which I can't released. wait for that movie. I heard yeah, an interview with the dude that plays Bob Marley. And it may be ten times more excited for that. Um, it was on today's Real Bun if you want to check it out. Nice. But uh, that dude is fucking—he's the man. And also, he's very Chadwick Boseman in the way he picks his roles. Uh, if you look okay. at—he played Malcolm X. He's yeah. playing like important characters to society, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if you look at Chadwick Boseman, who he played, there's a certain type. Like he didn't want to just be the black guy in a movie. Like he wanted to have Coleman. an effect. And and this dude is very similar to that. The way he talks about why he picks his roles and, yeah. and I like him a lot. Um, Col- he was great Col- as Malcolm X. Yeah. Uh, Coleman Domingo is doing the same thing with uh, Nat King Cole and a whole bunch of other, I think he's doing yep. a movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's doing they're taking, they're taking this very seriously, especially when it comes to a culture they grew up in. Um, yep. and whatnot. Um, see, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, this yeah. movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, we'll be seeing the final trailer for that. Cause it comes out next week along yep. with, uh, Madam Web. So fuck. Um, Tom Holland uh, was putting a lot of rumors like, uh, oh, I'm going to be coming back. Something's going to be happening. Big announcement coming Monday. Well, the big announcement was he's going to be playing Romeo in a revival of Romeo and Juliet in London on the <laughs> West End. Uh, people are thinking it was going to be a Spider-Man announcement, but that didn't end up happening. Um, and Sac aftra kind of confirmed that Pedro Pascal will be soon beginning production on the MCU reboot as uh, Reed Richards. That has since been deleted. Uh, there's a post on the SAG After website saying that he was going to be in production for that movie. Um, and uh, that was deleted. Matt Shackman uh, po- uh, reposted that and ended up taking down his whole entire... It wasn't his whole entire Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Disney, Disney was Disney like, made him. you're going to have to go ahead and remove that Instagram, bud. And he was like, oh, yeah. yes, dad. Matt Shackman, I really do like him. I don't know if you listen to him in interviews. Oh, yeah. I, I listen to him in a bunch He's of interviews. He's awesome. And I think he's yeah. a perfect person for this movie, especially. It makes me think it's definitely set in the '60s too, because he's going through that one division aesthetic. So, I um, hope so. Uh, March seventh, an update for Marvel Spider-Man Two, adding new suits, uh, new game plus feature, which was advertised in the beginning, and uh, a whole bunch of more stuff coming out. Uh, March seventh is the first update for the game since November. So, uh, yeah, I haven't beat the game. I know you have. Um, have you even gotten into it further than you did when you first got it? I have not. I don't play games that often, as much as I'd like to. Um, I know you. I know you've watched Invincible. Uh, March fourteenth. I I know. uh, No, my notes just March fourteenth. A new season of that comes out. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. revealed that he met with Christopher Nolan to play uh, uh, the Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Uh, Before he was Iron Man, he went in to uh, read for that. Um, I assume he would have been Scarecrow had. Killian actually got the role of Bruce Wayne Batman. I think that would have been his scarecrow because Killian was basically the runner up uh, for Bruce Wayne Batman along with uh, what's his name, whose sister was in the sequel, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It was like those three guys. And I assume Robert would have probably been the scarecrow had one of them been chosen over Bale. Yep. Um, and finally, in news.
a documentary I'm very excited for. So is James Gunn. Um, Superman, the Christopher Reeve story. Um, it was just in Sundance, I believe, a couple weeks ago. And it was getting yeah. rave reviews at Sundance. <laughs> and uh, James, James Gunn actually saw it, said he loved it, and talked, DC, and talked uh, WB to actually buy the rights to it. And this is going to be on... Um, Discovery Plus probably it's gonna be it's gonna be on uh, Max whatever they have, um, but yeah they uh, actually talked Warner Brothers into buying the rights to it um, and I can't wait to see it uh, probably gonna be in the next few months here. Um, yep, it, it, it's a whole documentary about Christopher Reeves and Superman. When did the first that. Superman go to theaters? Was 1978, it May? 1978. I know uh, the year. Christmas? Was it like May? I think it was Christmas. Oh, it was Christmas. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking they might release it around the time of either his death or when the movie went into theaters. Which is, I think it's about the same time. I think he died in November so or October. So, okay. um, But yeah, that's it for news. Uh, that's it for the show this week. Um, next week, we're going to talk about Kirby Enthusiasm season, uh, Episode 2. Uh, we'll talk about Halo Episode 2 and 3. Um, Black History Month continues Heart Condition. That's the movie I was talking about. Denzel mm-hmm. Washington and Bob Hoskins. Um, Denzel Washington is a cadaver. His heart is taken and put into Bob Hoskins because he dies. Um, and uh, Bob Hoskins is taken over by Denzel Washington's soul. And lots of uh, history, black history stuff ensues in that. Oh, it's not necessarily black history, but uh, lots of uh, stereotypes. Um, Madam Webb, we're going to review that. Fuck that. And also, I had an idea. Talked to Kevin about it. Can't be worse it. than Morbius. Talk to Kevin about it. I think on Sunday during the Super Bowl, we are going to do a live reaction about 10, 15 minutes during the halftime for the Deadpool 3 trailer. Um, we're going to try to figure out how to go on YouTube and Facebook live uh, at the same time um, during the halftime. Talk about the trailer a little bit. Talk about our uh, hype for the movie and, and how we feel after seeing it. And uh, hopefully we can put that together. If not, then we'll talk about it next week. But that is the goal sometime this year is to do that every so often, if not all the time. But we'll have to wait and see how this works out. We're just kind of testing the water. But <clears throat> we'll see. And for that that being said, we will talk to everyone uh, next week. Peace. Adios. Adios. Adios.